we are in a series called I Have Decided. Um, and here's the truth, right? All of us are following some, somebody. Uh, so we have to learn to make a decision on who we're going to follow. Because following is really important. You know, when Jesus, when we call ourselves Christians, uh, really it means Christ followers. We're trying to be like Christ, right? Christ-like. And so we're trying to become like the teacher, like the rabbi, like the person that we're following. And here's the thing. It's not that we are following somebody. It's, it, the question is, who am I following in your life? Who are you allowing to influence? And is that voice more important than God's voice? Is that voice um, helping you become a better person or a worse person, right? If more people were like you, would this world be a better place or would it be a worse place? And uh, this series, we're talking about that. When following Christ, what would it look like if we uh, said, I decide to follow him. I, I decide to go all in. I decide to let him be the main influence in my life and become like him. Because here's the truth about followership or discipleship. It is impossible to be a disciple or a follower of somebody or someone and not, and not end up being like that person, right? So you, at some point, you're going to become like the people you listen to. So following is always about becoming somebody. So when Jesus is calling his disciples to come and follow him, he's, it's an invitation to say, come and be like me. Come and learn from me so you can take my yoke, right, my, my philosophy, my, my ways of life, and you can begin to live it out and help others to know that. And that's what he calls us to do as Jesus followers, to come and follow him. So if you're watching today, you're not a Jesus follower, End of the service, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make that decision to say, you know, I decide to follow Jesus. I'm making that decision to begin to let him influence my life and let God be the one that, that helps me become who wants me to become. So that will happen at the end of service, and we'll give you a chance to do that. Right? So be, maybe pray about thinking about that. If, that's, if, you, if you're ready for that next step, we'd love for you to take that step. Um, following always starts with listening, but it always has action behind it. And so uh, in the month of Ju- June, we started this series talking about the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, the four Gospels. Gospel means good news. Um, and it, it's really God showing up, right, in the middle of a dark season. He's coming um, to show us the light. And so last week we talked about the book of Matthew. Um, and we, we, there's this picture in the Bible in Ezekiel, the Old Testament, and there's a picture in the, in, in the New Testament, in Revelation, um, of, of John being in heaven. And this is what he said in Revelation. He says he was in heaven, and he saw these living beings, right? One was like a lion, the second was like an ox, and the third was like had a human face, and the fourth fourth was like an eagle in flight. And so John sees these beings. The prophet Ezekiel also saw these beings, this, this picture, this vision of heaven. Um, and really, the Old Testament is always pointing to Jesus. It's always all these prophecies, all of these um, um, different types and shadows in, in the Old Testament. They're pointing to what Christ is going to do on the cross and what God wants to do in our lives. And so it's a, it's a type of what we would see in the life of Christ. And really what we've seen is that these four that John sees, really it's pointing to these four different characteristics that we've seen in Jesus' life. These, these equalities uh, that, that help um, us, as if we're going to follow him, the four that we need to have in our life. And so last week we said, you know, the, the, the four that he saw, the, the lion, that would be like the book of Matthew, right? There's a characteristic of the lion, which is boldness. Um, it's about the king, right? It's about authority. It's about kingdom. And so Matthew opens up. Um, really the New Testament with this good news of the king has arrived, he's here. And he shows throughout uh, the Old Testament how Jesus fulfills all those, all those, right? And so we said if we're going to have these exceptional qualities that we see in the life of Christ, each of these gospel writers are highlighting and telling us this is one that we should have in our life. And so last week with the exceptional quality we talked about was confidence, all right? So confidence. He wants us to have confidence. And this is not confidence in self this is confidence in the fact that our God, the God that we serve, the God that we follow, right? He is, he's overall, 
Uh, he, there's nothing that can stop him. There is nothing that is more powerful, more, that is more greater uh, than, than he is, greater than he is. And so he invites us into this, right, to give us, have, have boldness because of the authority that he's passed on to us. So that was last week. If we're going to be, become like Jesus, decide to follow him, one of those uh, characteristics and qualities that we need to have that are exceptional is we'd have the confidence, the boldness to say, I'm going to walk in that authority that he's called us to. And really, when he gives authority, we said this, that the purpose of authority is to bless it's to protect, it's to provide, it's to nurture, and it's to edify. Uh, when you see leaders who exhibit those things and, and when it comes to authority, right, blessing people, protecting people, providing, nurturing, edifying, it's good. And when we see people that don't, that are in authority, we know there's an issue, there's a problem there, right? And so um, we're going to talk more about that today. He wants to give us authority, but what we, what we do with that authority and how we use that authority in those blessings, it really is going to determine um, the, the impact we have in this life and how people respond to us. So if Matthew is a picture of the lion, right? Mark is the picture of the ox. And how does Mark fit into this? So Mark is a picture of the ox, and an ox is just a picture of, of complete and total sur- surrender servant, right? Um, in, back in agriculture days, that would be like the, the, the tractors of, the, of their time, right? This would be the strongest animal you can find that you can be able to use to be able to help uh, you know, dig the ground, to pick up the ground so you can farm and all that. So uh, it's a very strong animal, but it really was, it was a servant. It was there to, be, uh, to, be, to give its life to be able to help accomplish something greater. And so Mark, if he's the picture of the ox, and we see this in, in his gospel, he's pointing to Jesus as the servant, right? So this is, this is the suffering servant that the, that the Old Testament talks about. And uh, Mark is writing to the Romans. So his, each letter, each, each gospel is written to a different audience. Matthew... He was writing to the Jewish people of his day, trying to help them build the bridge, right, from the Old Testament of Judaism to what God is trying, trying to do in, in the New Testament, right, the new work that he's doing, the new covenant. And so he's building the old to the new, bridging the old to the new. Well, Mark, he, he's writing to the Romans. The Romans have no concern for the history of the Jews. They're not, they're not worried about that. Uh, they're all about power. They're all about authority. They know how their country works, how the, how the kingdom, what, they, what they've been taught works, right? with dominance and with rule. And so Mark comes into the scene. Uh, if you're a business person, you like Mark, but he's full of action. He just jumps in. He doesn't spend any time talking about genealogies and talking, spending any time talking about the past. He just jumps in and says, hey, let me tell you about this man, right? There was this, this, this popular teacher, and, and he was really well-known, and he introduces Jesus as the Messiah, Jesus as the next king. So right away, off the bat, if you're a Roman reader, you're thinking, whoa, this guy Mark, is, he's trying to tell me something very important. I need to pay attention. And so he starts writing about, really about leadership, about power, about authority. But really what he does is he turns the paradigm on its head. So instead of the ruler ruling for their benefit, this ruler is going to rule for the people's benefit. And he's the servant of all, which is awesome. It's an awesome book. And so the the Gospel of Mark, we're going to look at. So if the four exceptional qualities that the Gospels point to, if last week was confidence, this week would be attitude, right? Attitude. And uh, what I mean by attitude is it's it's a posture, it's a position. You know, when it comes to planes, it's interesting that when a plane is flying, uh, they actually talk about the pitch of the nose, right, up and down, if, as an attitude. Like, what is the attitude of a plane? So if it's climbing, it's got a positive attitude, it's going up. And if it's descending, the attitude is negative, it's going down. So it's a position, it's a posture. I think in our lives, when it comes to attitude, right, we tend to think of words and, and facial experiences and attitude, but really it's a posture. It's a position of saying, I know the position I'm in. So if you have a negative attitude, right, your relationships are going down, right? Your, your, uh, it, uh, it, the way you view the day is going down. If you start your day off by saying this is the worst day in the world, right? This season, COVID-19, the worst thing in the world. 
If you have a negative position going into it, the outcome is not going to be a positive. It's always going to be a negative. But if you can begin to say, how can I use this time to get better? How can I use this time to see the positive, right? See something good, do good with my life, then your posture and your position is actually setting you up for success. So the same way as the attitude of a plane, up or down, right? Positive or negative, that's how we approach life. And so when it comes to um, service and servant, being a servant, it's really learning to say my position, my posture needs to be like this. Saying it's going to be a positive attitude. It's going to be looking for opportunities to always be able to bring something good to those around me. Um, and when we see people and we know people like that, it's, an enjoy to be, it's a joy to be around them all the time, right? Because we know that they're going to add value to our lives. In fact, when Mark starts writing the gospel, he just jumps in, right? Talking about this new, new person, this new Messiah, this new king, this new ruler. Pay attention. And then the ruler starts with miracles. He, he starts beginning to perform these miracles. And, and essentially nothing is greater than this king, this ruler. And Mark is trying to make a point saying this guy is powerful. Like the demons listen to him. Blindness and sickness, they leave when he's there. He's present. And so he starts to do these, starts to show Jesus. Is, is, and so the first chapter... He opens up with a, kind of a, the good news, the announcement of the good news, and then he goes into a little bit of, of who Jesus is, and then he jumps into the first miracle. And, and we see by chapter 2, because of that miracle and other miracles, there's already crowds coming around to follow him. So if you're a Roman uh, reader, right, in, in their day, and you would say, wow, these crowds are wanting to listen to this, this new leader. Like, I'm going to listen because maybe this guy has something that I need to learn. And so uh, we see in, in, the, in the Gospel of, of Mark, the second chapter, yeah, there's a story that I love, one of my favorite stories in the, in the New Testament. Um, it says that Jesus, the house he was in, uh, there were so many people coming that it was full, that people were surrounding the house, they couldn't get in. Uh, but these four guys, they had a friend who was, who was paralyzed. Um, and they wanted, they wanted him to, to get to Jesus because they heard that if Jesus would pray for this man, if Jesus would touch this man, if Jesus would, would perform his miracle, their friend would be healed. And so they said, man, we got to get our friend to Jesus. Like, we care for this guy, let's get him to Jesus. And so because the house is so full, they can't get in. They don't just stop and say, well, next time we'll, we'll try again. Sorry. Sorry, Bob. Right? I, don't know, I don't know what their friend's name was, but sorry, we, we'll, we'll try again another time. They didn't do that. They said, you know what? Let's figure out a, a way to be able to help our friend see the master, see the Messiah, see Jesus. Let's help him get to him. And so what they do? They got some ropes and they lifted their friend on top of the roof and then it says they ripped off the roof of, the, of that house. And as you can imagine, Jesus talking, all of a sudden the roof is open, opening. And he looks up and he sees these four guys. And they begin to lower their friend with, with ropes on a mat down to Jesus. And this is what the Bible says. So if Jesus, and, and Mark is about action. Mark is about uh, serving others. If, if the gospel of Mark is, is pointing to the heart of God and serving others, it says that when Jesus saw these man, men, right? It says that um, they couldn't get to him, so they lowered him on it. Um, and, and, he, and he says he saw the, their faith. He saw the faith of their friends. Right? He saw the belief that their friends had that if we can just get our friend to Jesus, God will do something amazing. And it says he saw their faith, and he responded to that faith. So it was a faith that was tied to action. Right? It wasn't just like, hey, let's pray, let's hope for the best. No, it was like, we're going to do everything we possibly can to make sure our friend gets to Jesus. You know, one of the things that when I think about the church, when I think about the Grove, this is who we are. We're map builders, right? We are people who say, I'm going to do whatever it takes to help people in my city and in this world get to know Jesus. That's why we exist as a church, that we would help people know Christ, to know the purposes of why he died on that cross, to know the purposes that he has for each and every one of us. We're map builders. Every single Sunday, 
There's a team, even here today, there's a team with us, right, that is helping us facilitate the service. Somebody is uh, on the computer, you know, helping, helping to facilitate that and have dialogue and make sure we're doing well. And somebody's on the sound and somebody's running the lyrics behind me. And uh, I appreciate our team. What, what are we doing? We're building mats. We're saying we're not content just to sit and be comfortable with what we have. We want to give it to others. So let's do whatever we can to prepare and to help others get to know Christ. And this is what they did. And what's so interesting is that in, in this story, if you read the, the Gospel of Mark in the second chapter, uh, as this is beginning to transpire, transpire, it says that Jesus looked at the man who was paralyzed, and this is what he says to him. The first thing he says to the man is, Lord, he sees the faith of his friends, and he says this, he says, Son, your sins are forgiven. And there's religious people in the room, right, Pharisees, and they say, they, they, what they say, they, they say to themselves, who does this guy think he is that he can forgive people's sins? Only God can forgive sins, which is the point Mark was making and which is the point Jesus was, point Jesus was making, is I'm, I have the power to forgive sins, right? But he knows what's going on in this room. So he sees the faith of the friends. He sees the heart. It says that he sees the heart of the religious, the Pharisees, right? And he says this. He says, why are you making things so, thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to this man? Your sins are forgiven or that you may know the Son of God, maybe uh, take up your mat and walk. And it says that, so you can know that I am the Son of God, essentially what he says, I'm going to do both. I'm going to forgive his sins, but I'm also going to heal him. And he, and he turns to the guy and he says, uh, I tell you, get up, take up your mat and go home. And it says the man got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of all of them, right? Like he's walking through the crowd and the same guys whose heart, hearts were calloused and hard towards, towards Jesus and towards um, this, even maybe this man, he walks right through them. And, and these Pharisees were upset with Jesus, right? And people said, I've never seen anything like this. So one of, the, one of the first miracles Mark talks about is friends serving their friend to help them find Jesus. And Jesus performs the miracle. But what we see in this also is there are some religious people who miss it. Um, each and every one of us are um, in danger of missing what God has for us when we don't have the right attitude. When, when we have a negative attitude, when we come in with a negative perspective, when we're not open to what God has, we prepare for something negative. One of the things I love about this story also is um, sometimes to see the miraculous, you have to step into these situations that are difficult, right? Because the only, the only way the miraculous happens is when you step out and you do something. The miraculous only happens when you step out and you do something with, it, with your life, right? You, you, you say, like Paul said, I'm going to walk by faith, not just by sight. I'm going to step out and pray for somebody. I'm going to step out and serve somebody. I'm going to give towards something, right, that I believe God has asked me to give towards. Not necessarily because you have it, but because you're believing that God is asking you to do that, right? Your time, your talents, your treasure, whatever it is. He's saying, use your life to help others. And, and we see the miraculous in the, in the gospel of Mark. It's always around people who are lost. It's always like Jesus said, the sinners, those that are far from God, that are looking for something. When we see the miraculous, when we, when we serve those that are, that are lost, that are hurting, that are needy, we can expect God to show up in a big way, right? Now, the Pharisees, the religious people who should know it all, they didn't need the miracles because they had the scriptures, they had the knowledge. They were able to, to, to be able to, to choose to do the right thing, but they didn't because it says their hearts were hardened, right? So instead of going with an open posture and, and perspective and attitude, they went in with a closed, critical one, trying to figure out a way how they can prove Jesus was wrong instead of being open to what he had to say. I think in our culture, sometimes that happens. Maybe you're watching today, and maybe you've been a little critical of maybe Jesus, and maybe because of some of his followers, which I get, you know. Sometimes we don't always represent Jesus well. But I would just say this. Don't, don't miss Christ because of the people who are supposed to represent him. Look for him and look see what he wants to do in your life. So I would say this. Be open, not critical. When it comes to, to approaching Jesus, when it comes to approaching the, the scriptures, 
Be open, not critical. God, what do you want to teach me in this? Because the season we're in, God has insight. He has wisdom for us, how to parent, how to handle finances, business. And if we'll just be open and say, God, teach me, lead me, he has the answers for us if we'll just trust him. How do I know this? Because throughout history, we look in scriptures throughout history, when people face something that we're facing, there was always people that God used to bless, to protect, to help, right? To, to provide supernaturally in some instances because they were following him, they're trusting him. And God says, be open, don't be critical. So when Jesus looked within the people's heart, to the friends he saw faith, to religious, he saw a critical spirit, a hard heart. Let's not be those, those people. Um, during, during COVID, uh, one, of my favorite, one of the books I read, probably my favorite book I've read so far during this season is called The Motive uh, by Patrick Lencioni. Um, he's, a, he's a business, um, um, I guess, a leader. He, he helps businesses to stay healthy. Uh, I've, read, I've read a lot of his books, most of his books. And really, this is probably maybe my favorite book he's written. In fact, he, he, it's his newest, but he says if you had to pick any of his books, this would be the first one you need to read. It's called The Motive. And it's really about the mo- motivation behind leadership and the motivation behind business, why we do things in the first place. Um, and he says this in one of the interviews that I listened to him. He, he made this great statement. He said this, that the reality in, when it comes to leadership is that leadership has bad economics, right? He said this, the, person, the personal economics of leadership is not good. Uh, you're going to give far more than you're going to get. If you have not resolved yourself to that, you're going to cause problems. So he's saying, when it comes to us stepping out into a position of authority, right? That could be a boss, that could be a manager, that could be a parent, uh, that could be any kind of form of government, right? Any kind of uh, uh, um, role that we serve that we're in charge of others, or we have an authority or we have a power over somebody, right? And the, the ability to lead somebody. He says, when it comes to personal economics and leadership, right? It's not good. You're always going to give more than you get. And most of the time, when people sign up for leadership, they don't sign up for giving more than they're getting. And that's what causes a lot of the issues with leadership is um, leaders tend to get in these positions that are negative because they're, they're in it for the fun, they're in it for the fame, they're in it for the money, the wealth, right? And they want to be successful, but they don't realize that there's a greater responsibility and call to leadership than just all those things. Now, those are part of what comes sometimes with leadership, but that's not the point of leadership, right? The point is really to help those that you're in charge of. Um, and he's saying when you have the wrong motivation, it's going to hurt. And this is in our society, we see this. When we have leaders that have the wrong motivation and it's about them, right? They get themselves in situations that hurt all of us. Um, and we're all susceptible to this. Whatever, whatever role that we have, it's like parents, right? When we choose to have children, right? Some people just want the fun. They want the picture. They want to be able to say we have it. But there's a big responsibility that comes with being a parent. And sometimes we just think of the fun that comes with it, but we don't always want the responsibility. And what we need to do is change that and say, you know what? Um, in, in parenting, I'm going to give a lot more than I get back. That's the potential that's there. And I just resolve myself to understand that as a pastor, as a leader, I'm going to give more than I get back. And that's part of what it means to be a servant. And I think the Gospel of Mark and Jesus is trying to show us this, right? So the Romans, he's writing to the Romans, and they're wanting power, they're wanting authority, and Jesus is saying, hey, if you want that, let me show you the real model, what it looks like for the kingdom of God, how it works in the kingdom of God. That those who are given authority, they need to operate um, by serving others. Mark, Mark, uh, in the Gospel of Mark, this is what Jesus tells his disciples. All right? He says this, he says, you know that the rulers in this world they lord it over their people. The officials, they flaunt their authority over those that are under them. But among you, it, it must be different. It will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be the servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be slave to everyone else. And then here's the key verse in the Gospel of Mark. If you know the summary of the Gospel of Mark, this is what it is. 
For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus said the point of this, and Mark says the point of all this, Jesus said, was I came to serve, not to be served. I've come to give my life to help others. So when he's telling the disciples, come and follow me, he's saying, if you want to have one of those exceptional qualities as a, as a Jesus follower, your attitude, your posture, your position has to be positive, has to be correct, that you're here to serve, you're not here to be served. I would say this, that those that have the wrong motivation and they want it only for themselves, they're slowly hurting relationships and it's only about them. Eventually they'll look up and they won't have anybody around them. But those who are saying, I'm serving others, what happens is they rise because all of us rise. And as we get better, as, as, as a leader gets better, everybody else gets better. As parents get better, the family gets better, right? And so in society, we're always saying, how can we get better? How can we have the right attitude? How can we have the right posture and position so we can improve? What we see in the Gospel of Mark is a few things. One is this, that being a servant is the highest of all callings. Being a servant is the highest of all callings because we choose it and we say, God, I'm going to use my life to help others. And God says in the Gospel of Mark, he's saying this, that if you want to follow him, you must serve all. You must serve everybody. You must become that person that says, it's not, I'm not in this just for myself. I'm in this to help others. The second thing is this, that only those under authority have the right to exercise authority. See, too many people, we want the perks of being a Jesus follower, but we don't want the responsibility of following what he's asking us to do. We're not being faithful. We're not being consistent in what he's asked us to do. But we want to be able to say, I get all the blessings from God, but I really don't want to do the hard work he's asking me to do. It doesn't work that way. If you're going to be somebody that's over authority and do it well, you have to come under the authority of God. So those are under the authority. They'll be blessed in how they lead others. And so uh, for you as an individual, make sure you're saying, God, I'm under your authority, that no matter what, I'm saying yes to you. And as you lead me, I'll be respectful and obedient to those that you've put, put over me also. And I'll, I'll follow the lead, right? And the third thing is this. We're never more like Jesus when we're serving others. You're never more like Jesus than when you serve others. In fact, the world, they stop and they watch and they want to listen to what we have to say when we serve, when we love others. One of the things I love about our church is we're always looking for ways to serve our, our community, our city, looking for to serve others on Sunday mornings, right? It's our heart to say, we're going to give of our time to help others. We're going to give our resources to help others. So what is your attitude? Is it positive? Is it negative? What is your posture, right, as a servant? Do you come in saying, how can I have this attitude that where I'm going to, I'm going to see others as, as the ability to help them succeed? You know, if our motivation is wrong, we're not going to want to do the hard things. If we have the wrong motivation, we won't want to do the hard things, like have the hard conversations, Right? sacrifice when we need to sacrifice say no when we really want to say yes right when, when our motive, motive motives is, is not correct we tend to shy away from the things that we really need to do to, to be able to help those around us get better and, and it really it's about us as, as if you desire to be a leader it's saying how can i have uh, take the responsibility how can i steward what god has given and really the picture i think that we come with is if you're a leader you actually take on the burdens of others um, that you begin to take on the, the, the challenges other has, and you say, it's not about me, it's about us. It's about our society, it's about our culture. How can we make those around us better? And when we serve the way Jesus serves, that's what we're doing. We're saying, let's, let's raise everybody with us, right? When we lift one, the people there around, they also get lifted. And let's just keep, let's keep lifting and lifting. What's interesting, in Jesus' time, right, when it comes to servanthood, that was considered a weakness, right? Not a virtue, like we understand it now, but it wasn't. And so Mark is writing, he's saying, guys, this guy's the most powerful person ever, and yet he chose to serve. 
He didn't use it to rule over and lord over. Paul says, you know what, if you want to have the same attitude as Christ, right, we must have the same attitude of Christ. Though he was God, he did not think equality of God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up the divine privileges and took the position of a servant. He was born as a human being. So Paul says, if you're going to follow Jesus, you have to have the same attitude as Christ. Another translation says, have the same mindset. It's a posture. It's a position saying, all right, where am I, where am I focused on in life? Is it going to be positive? Is it going to be negative? If it's just us and ourselves, that's a negative posture and position, God tells us. But if it's on others, it's a positive. It's looking to serve others to help others. So he's saying, if we look at the life of Christ, he gives us the example of how to have the right attitude. I would encourage you to read all that Philippians. If you want to know what Paul has more to say about that, read it. So Dad, how, do, how can I have the right posture and attitude when I, when I wake up and when I approach things, right? How can I, how can I uh, become the person you want to become? See, I think when it comes to leadership, when it comes to authority, when it comes to us being Jesus followers, right? Do you want to, I guess the question to ask is this, do you want to be a leader or do you, to do, or do you want to do what leaders are supposed to do? Two different things, right? Do you want to just be a leader that has the position, that has the, the title? Or do you want to be doing the things that a leader is supposed to do? Too many people that get in leadership, they just want to be the leader. They don't want to do what they're actually called to do. And that's where we get, a tr- get problems, right? People want to be parents, but they don't want to be, do what parents are supposed to do with the responsibility they have, right? People want to be rich, but they don't want to have the responsibility of having to steward those riches. They just want to use it for themselves, right? It's, it's, it's tied to a noun or it's tied to an action. Leaders, you know, it's, it's either your, your, your position of saying, I'm just a leader, I have the title, or it's here are the verbs, here are the actions that go with what God has called me to. So... I think when we think of those two options, we're either in it for the reward or we're in it for the responsibility. Reward or responsibility. If you go after the reward, right, you might get a little bit of the perks, but, but eventually it's not going to work out well for you. But if you go with the responsibility, eventually more than what you hope for will come true. You know, I've heard it said over and over that um, when we help others accomplish more than we accomplish, there's more joy in that than accomplishing ourselves. Parents say this all the time. When they see their kids succeed better than they have. There's more joy than the successes they had. And really good leaders, they see that. That even though they maybe they've done some great things, if they can raise up others and help them accomplish even more, there's more joy in helping others accomplish more than accomplishing it yourself. It's this idea that those next generation, those around us, they're going to stand on our shoulders so they can have a head start. They're going to stand on our shoulders so they can be better at whatever they're doing because we're helping them to become better. It's us serving them. So are you in it for the reward? Or are you saying, God, I want the responsibility? The gospel mark is saying, all right, everybody's out for the reward. But he's saying, here's the responsibility. We're here to serve, right? Not to be served. We're here to give our, our life as a sacrifice. We're here to say, God, I'm going to trust you that when I help others accomplish, you're going to take care of my needs. Right? I'm, I'm going to do this. It's, it's, it'd be like a, a person that's signing up for the NFL. And there's some that when they get signed up for a team, man, they made it. That was the reward. They're now a professional player. And then there's other people that say, wow, this team picked me. Now I have a responsibility to actually perform. There's two different attitudes, two different approaches to that, right? Man, I just made it. Or, wow, I really now prove myself to be able to help this team succeed. It's a responsibility versus the reward, right? We tend to think of um, the reward as, as the end, as the beginning and the end. It's not. It's just, it's just a part of it. It's, it's saying, I'm going to choose to follow God. So if I, if I don't do, do my part as a leader... Others aren't going to do their part. And honestly, I can't expect others to do their part. 
If I'm not doing my, my job as a parent, I can't expect others to do what they're supposed to do in my, in my house or in the church or in the city, right? Because it starts with leadership. It starts with us. Tommy Barnett, um, a pastor who started dream centers all around the world, dream centers reach the poorest of the poor in, in, in these large cities. This is what he said about life. He says, the happiest person in any room is the person who is living their life for others. The happiest person in any room is the person who is living their life for others. Test it. Next time you go into a room, look for the happiest person. I guarantee that person is giving their time, their talents, their treasure, their energy to other causes, to something beyond themselves. Because what you have to understand is whatever role you're in, you have the ability to change the atmosphere. Maybe in a job you say, you know what, there's not a lot of purpose in my job. I just do this one thing. Well, that might be true, but as you make an income, as you make a living, what are you doing with that part of it now? Maybe God has provided for you so you can become a blessing to others. You know, as our church does Feed One, we feed kids in Haiti every single month, right? We're saying, God, you blessed us so we can be a blessing to others. We're looking for ways to say, all right, so maybe we can't do everything around the world, but what if we helped lift up a few of the poorest of the poor in the Western Hemisphere and help them to break poverty, help them to break the cycle of that, right? And we just do our part. It's us saying, God, you've given me resources. You've given me the ability to do something in my life. Let me do that. And the happiest person in any room is the person that's saying, how can I serve others? How can I use my life to make a biggest impact? And the persons that, people that really aren't very happy a lot of times are the people that are self-centered, that are only wanting things for themselves. They're only looking out for number one, right? Those people, we tend to think like, man, that guy's a jerk. They're self-centered, right? They're a narcissist. It's all about them, or whatever the terms we use, right? We notice and recognize that they're living for themselves. And that world is a, is a, is a closed world. It's a, it's a short-lived world, and it's a stingy world. It's the opposite of the kingdom of God. So Jesus... He shows up and Mark says, guys, if you want to know how to live a generous life, you want to live, open uh, your life up to others, you'll, you'll have light, you'll have life, right? Your, your, your posture, your attitude, your position will be like this. So if we look at uh, the exceptional qualities that we see in Jesus, his attitude is like this. No matter what, I'm going to serve, I'm going to serve, I'm going to serve, I'm going to help others to know God. This is the purpose of why I came. This is what I'm trying to accomplish in doing. So my question is this. Are you following Jesus? Is your attitude like this when you go to work on Mondays? Is your attitude like this when you, when you show up at home on Tuesdays? Is your attitude like this when you have to do something that's difficult and hard? If it's not, then I would say, God, why? What, what, is, what is going on? Because when we follow Jesus, he's inviting us to say, you know what? Don't live this life as if you're the center of it. Live this life as helping as many people as possible, understanding that God is a good God. He has good plans for their lives, right? So following, it starts listening, but it's always followed by action. I would say this. Here's our challenge for today, all right? Our challenge is this. Would you check your attitude each day? Like, check it, right? So ask the question, am I positive or am I negative? Am I going in this, in this, into this meeting trying to be served, right? Or am I going to this meeting to serve? Am I looking for opportunities to help others or am I just in this for the rewards? Am I in this to, to see what God wants to do in my life or am I just trying to get a, the reward, the paycheck, whatever? And ask the question, Maybe this week, if we would all really stop and pause say today, man, am I just all about the reward or am I really focused on the responsibility? You have a great responsibility because there's a chance that in your workplace, in your family, in the circle of influence that you have, you may be the only person that they, they know that is a Jesus follower. And that's a big responsibility because somewhere in, the, in that relationship, you'll have the opportunity to model for them and show for them something different. You'll have the opportunity to, to step out 
and see the miraculous happen, right? Especially for those that are, that are far from God, especially those that maybe even uh, are, are looking for something more. That if we would just say, God, I'm going to step out. So are you rewards focused or are you responsibility focused? Even as Jesus followers, as Christians, some people get that way. I'm just all about heaven. It's the reward. No, no. It's a responsibility that we are the hands and the feet of Jesus. And he's saying, would you come? Would you follow me? Be my hands. Be my feet. Let's help as many people choose the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of darkness. Choose the kingdom of God. Choose something better, not just self-centeredness, not just selfishness. And he invites us into that. So check your attitude. Say, am I following Christ's example? Am I letting God lead me? And then, I, and then this week, as you answer that question, begin to say, God, I, I, I want your help. I choose to follow your lead. All right? Awesome. I hope, I hope uh, this, this study through the Gospels is, is encouraging and challenging you. Um, have confidence, one, that, that God is God and that he is uh, more powerful than anything we face, sickness, disease. Um, you know, in, in the story of in Mark, one of the things I love about Mark does is every time he's trying to teach something and the disciples aren't getting it or the religious people aren't getting it, he does a miracle right after to illustrate what he just talked about. And so there's two, two instances of him healing the blind. Um, and one was after this authority, after he talks about authority and saying, hey, if you, want, if you want to be the greatest, serve. And then the next thing he does is he says he heals a blind man, essentially saying, all right, guys, you guys are blind. You're not seeing this. So here, let me open your eyes the same way I open this blind man's eyes. Another, another healing, he does the healing of, of the ear of, of, of deafness. And he says, I'm going to heal this person that can't hear, right? Because he's saying, uh, you're, not, you're, not, you're not hearing what I'm trying to tell you. You're not listening. Your, your ears are closed. Your heart is closed to God. And Mark is trying to point out, saying, hey, guys, pay attention. These things are very, very important. He's trying to model for us what it means to be a servant. If you're, if you're uh, watching today and you're not a Jesus follower, uh, maybe you're ready to take that, that next step. Maybe today is the day that you say, I, I want to make that decision. Like, I decide, I choose today to let Jesus be the main influence in my life. I choose today to say, I'm not going to follow. I'm not going to go back to those things that don't work. I'm going to go to what God is asking me to do. So today, if you're watching and you're ready to make that decision, I would love to lead you in a prayer. It's a prayer of just acknowledging that we can't do it on our own, that we've messed up, that we've sinned, that our mistakes have separated us from God. But because of his grace and mercy, he invites us back into that. And he says, come and join my mission. Come and be a part of my family. He says, come and follow me, right? I'll make you fishers of men. Come and follow me. I'll use your life to make a difference in this world. So today, if you're ready to make that decision, you're ready to take that step, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. In fact, let's do that right now. Wherever you're at, whatever you're watching, just say this with me. Say this. Say, Father God, today, I need your help. I can't do it on my own. Forgive me of my past, of my mistakes, of my sin. Help me not to live for myself, but to live for something bigger. Help me to serve others. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to give us an example of how to live, of dying on that cross in my place, for coming back to life and all the power that he has. Come into my life myself to you. I put my trust in you. I say yes to following you. Help me to do this. Give me the strength. Give me the right attitude. Give me the ability to do this. In Jesus' name I pray.